But when you start to learn about branding and you eventually know what you're doing, the more consistent you are, the more you're going to build trust, the more you're going to build your clientele, the more you're going to attract all these people and being authentic while doing it. I think, you know, again, going back to not comparing yourself to another brand that you may like because you're different. And as long as you take a stand for yourself and you're consistent and you build that solid brand and foundation for yourself, you're going to have a successful business. Thought Leaders Business Lab is for you, the business owner, entrepreneur, the expert in your field who wants to be seen and heard as the influential thought leader in your industry. My name is Samantha Riley and I've been building and growing businesses for over 26 years and I've learned there are three key areas to your success, your mindset, your talents and the people you surround yourself with. Each week, I interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they've used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Brittany. It's so awesome to have you joining me here today. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Such a pleasure. We've had so many people reach out in our discussion threads and over there in the Thought Leaders Business Lab community that have asked about branding. I had to reach out and get you on the show because I love the way that you talk about branding and bringing together the strategy and the visual aspects. Like normally people are sort of one or the other and you do both of them really well. So I'm really looking forward to chatting with you about that today and helping people to create a, you know, a nice consistent brand. But before we jump in, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you came to be here in business and doing what you do today? Yeah, so um, I got my degree in graphic design, essentially, you know, worked in, I feel like every aspect in corporate world, you know, so I've, I've built the learning experience from all the different areas um, that I've worked in in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Um, so like for an example, I've done large format printing, I've done marketing design, I've done um kind of built a brand um, within a company as well. So um, with all of these areas of experience in my corporate world, that kind of leveraged me into um, where I'm at. And I started my business after I had my daughter, who is two and a half. And so, um, yeah, that kind of led me to where I'm at now um, in starting my business. Yeah, I love that. And I think that there's so many of us that started a business when we have our children and our children change our lives in a way more bigger way. That's probably <laughs> terrible in English, but you know, they affect everything about us. And, and, you know, that's why I started business too. And I'm sure that there's plenty of people listening that have had the same experience. And that's super cool. And it's something that you and I talked about, uh, at length a couple of weeks ago. How did you move from corporate, also having a little baby? What are the hurdles that you that you had moving into your business? Oh, man. So, um, you know, I struggled with postpartum depression. And um, it's something that people don't really talk about as much. And um, my part in postpartum, because I feel like there's so many different aspects, was like, like the control aspect of wanting more time with my daughter. Like I didn't want to go drop her off at a babysitter and then 
um, basically like come home and only have a few hours. So I think that's kind of where a lot of people are at. But uh, essentially, you know, with the help of my husband, which I'm very, very thankful for, he kind of supported me in helping me start this business. I think from a mental aspect, um, I didn't realize that I was going to go on a full-on personal development journey uh-huh. after starting my business. So um, once I was able to, I guess, like, you know, you kind of go through this identity crisis. So I was yeah. able to, like, redefine who I was and pick myself back up into, like, a new woman. I'm, a, I'm now a mother. What am I going to do? And, and all the things. Um that helped me kind of lay the foundation for my business as well, you know, because your business is you. Mm-hmm. So um, that's when I started to like pick up the pieces of how am I going to show up in the world and, and build my brand. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of where like my obstacles were, were just really redefining me. Mm-hmm. I love that because it is, I think that being in business is the biggest personal development journey you can ever go on and it never ends. It just keeps going and going and that's that's the beautiful part of it. So you work with clients to help them to develop their brand strategy and a beautiful visual brand or whatever their visual brand looks like for them. I said beautiful because I guess I was thinking about your brand, which is very beautiful. I like it. I'm very, I, I like girly things and pink, so I'm very drawn to your brand. But let's talk about how people can start to develop their brand. Because I think a lot of people think of brand straight up as a logo. How can mm-hmm. how would you put into words, how would you define what a brand is? So I feel like um, you can't really put it into like a full sentence, but essentially there's just so many different parts of it. Um, you know, your brand is you, your business is you. So, you know, figuring out what is your story um, you know, what led you here to start your business? Um, then figuring out what your vision and mission is, um, to really go out into the world and show up. But then also figuring out what your why is, like, what, what am I standing for? And then, um, positioning yourself in a way of, like, how you're going to show up and be different than maybe some of the other people that are your competitors. And then, um, Figuring out your message, like, okay, how am I going to talk to these people that they're going to be attracted to me? And I think, you know, um, even this has been a struggle for my own self is that you think that you need to be perfect and you need to match everybody, but how are you going to stand out and build a brand when you're trying to match everybody? Mm. Um, yeah. And, and I think, I think that's something that, that a lot of people struggle with is that they see a brand that they really like and they start to, to model that brand, but that brand is is right for that person and the ideal clients that they're trying to attract, and maybe not right for for you and your ideal clients. And you've got a really great way to talk about how to create what that brand looks like visually. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because we need to know who our ideal client avatar is. So can you take us through? I've probably jumped t- too many steps there. Let's go back to who. How do you even start to bring that brand together? Like what's the first thing you need to do? Yeah. So typically I, I like to start with your ideal client. Um, mm-hmm. like you had kind of mentioned. So, you know, figuring out who your ideal client is. Um, and I think this is the, the biggest struggle and hurdle that a lot of people go through in starting their business. 
but don't realize that that impacts everything. Mm-hmm. And so um, when you identify to the T of who you're trying to target, that will allow you to start to visually see, okay, what do they like? What do they don't like? Um, you know, like for an example, for my brand, it's basically me in another form. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, so I look at myself from when I was in the point of the struggles that my ideal clients are having. Mm. And so when I look back, and I see, you know, the struggles that they were having, like, what is she like? What if she doesn't like? And, and how can I, you know, put her in a box, if you will, to, um, to visually see her? Mm-hmm. And when I'm able to, to see that and identify those things, then I'm put myself on the other side and kind of mesh the two, you know, cause sometimes, like even if you're working with with male and female, if you put a pink logo out there, mm-hmm. that male will not come and attract mm-hmm. you as much as females will. So it's about meshing you and your ideal clients in a way that you are happy and proud of what you are standing for and you put out there, but also attracting your ideal clients in a way that they could come running to you because they're like, oh my gosh, I love everything that you're putting out there. Mm. So you made a really good point there that our ideal client avatar is is more often than not us, you know, six, 12 months ago, maybe a couple of years ago, because how we're helping our clients is helping them with the hurdles that we had and that we've overcome. So it is really important to think, well, if, you know, the people are going to be similar to me in that they're going to have similar challenges to the ones that I had, because that's where you get your experience and your knowledge to be able to help them transition to where they are now. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that. As soon as you say it, they're like, oh yeah, they are too. (laughs) But, you know, how do we, how do we get from knowing that our ideal client is is, you know, sort of like us, how do we create a brand that is going to attract our ideal clients and a brand that's not just amazing to us and necessarily isn't attracting them? You talked about meshing the two together, but what can you tell us about that process? So um, typically, you know, I would like kind of get the characteristics of your ideal client. So for an example, uh, I helped one of my clients who is working on um, grief. When you also look at what you're doing as well, you're able to then go on the visual scale of colors. Okay, so um, if I'm talking about grief, I'm not going to want to have a pink color scheme. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to want to have more cool, natural colors that are more um, secure and inviting to feel like it's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of like, you know, there's a, I mean, essentially there's a whole color psychology behind it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's not like more often than not, I get clients that say, I just like the color red and I, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. But in reality, if you're talking, you know, again about grief and you choose the color red, that's 
you're, you're basically clashing. It's jarring. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like red is like, um, just out there and, you know, vibrant and loud. And, you know, when you think grief, it's opposite of that. Yeah. So it's just a matter of like really going deep into like the color psychology too. So when you're choosing your colors and then you go to your fonts and your fonts are more of like, okay, um, if you are speaking to just women, it is okay to go cursive and fun and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. But if you're trying to attract both men and, and women, um, sometimes maybe, you know, pairing uh, a cursive with, uh, you know, the, I'm going to start saying languages that people uh-huh. are going to be like, ah, what, huh? Yeah. So, and you can look it up too, because I know on a visual scale, it's really hard to explain, but essentially, you know, there's cursive fonts, there's sans serif fonts, and there's serif fonts, and there's slab, and all kinds of things. So it's just really seeing how you compare um, different types of fonts that are not too feminine if you're doing uh, male and female as your audience. If you are doing just female, it's okay to go feminine, but, you know, figuring out, like, how it all kind of comes together in a in a nice um, flowing way, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I feel that for people that have got a brand that purely is for females is a lot easier and mm-hmm. as, as is a, a male brand that is purely attracting male clients. I find, and, and I found this for myself because I do work with uh, male and female clients, the mix of trying to get a, a brand that are, that is attractive to both is a whole different challenge. What are some of the tips that you can give us? And I'm purely asking this from a very, you know, from going through this journey myself, what are some tips that you can give to people that do want to make sure that they're not polarizing towards male and female and it, you know, is attractive to, to both? I think the biggest thing is like, you know, like say I'm the, I'm a female trying to attract both. Okay. So I'm the female and it's okay to, you know, make it feminine in like a cursive font and, you know, have the balance, like I was saying, with maybe another font. But then, you know, maybe it's not having pink, but it's having like a blue or green or teal that, you know, you're able to, to have some of that masculinity within the feminine. So mm-hmm. it's like a nice balance of two. Mm-hmm. And then even when it comes to your messaging, you know, like when you start talking about your messaging, maybe it's not talking about being a mom and, and all the, the, the things of like womanhood. It's about maybe talking about, you know, having, you know, if you're in a marriage, like you're talking about, you know, that, that balance between the masculine and the feminine. And so I think that's where it's all about trying to find that balance in when it comes to, to those attracting both things. I love the way you answered that in that it wasn't just the visual that you have to bring together. What is that story? What, what is your brand story? What are you, what are the stories that you're telling to attract your clients? And I think that's really so more important than mm-hmm. what uh, what sometimes we can think it is. 
And it's very helpful to know who that client is to be able to share the right stories and to make sure that those stories match, match the visual aspect. It's so good. How do we make sure that we differentiate our brand from other people? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is, you know, like for an example, I am a branding uh, specialist, expert, coach, whatever you want to say. And so I'm going to go look out and see what some, some of my competitors are, are doing. Not simply because I'm going to go copy them, but because I want to see what's out there mm-hmm. so that I don't copy them. And I think that allows you to see how you're able to position yourself, both visually and, you know, from a, a messaging standpoint as well. And I think it's just a matter of really identifying, you know, yourself, you know, when you're able to, to ground root into you and your brand, then you can really shine. Mm, love it. Love it. So with that, we're talking very high level branding here with your strategy, matching your visuals. Once we've got that brand strategy, what are some tips you can give us in regards to creating that consistent brand moving forwards? Because you know, I've been in business 27 years and there is no time like the last, you know, five, 10 years that I've had to do so many graphics, you know, with social media, with blogs, there's constantly every day we're creating content constantly. So how can we make sure that that brand stays consistent throughout that whole journey? Yeah. So, you know, when I typically like build a logo, and it, again, it's not just about the logo, but it's usually where we start, right? So, um, you know, figuring out your colors. Um, if you have an icon for a logo or if it's just more of a, your fonts and, and colors, that either way, it doesn't matter. It's typically your colors, your fonts, and maybe even your brand pictures are what's consistent and, and ensuring that all of those things are consistent to the look and feel to every graphic that you create is pretty like ideal for, for a brand, like a solid brand is, um, I usually, you know, stick to, you know, my, I have a look and feel for all of my brand pictures. And then I have, you know, the colors that I use. And for an example, I have like a pink bar that I use around every single graphic, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's identifying those specific things that will keep it consistent through all the graphics. So not just the logo, but the elements that you're bringing in. Yes. Love it. So I'm lucky enough to have my own graphic design team. Obviously, you have your own in-house graphic design team. But what about people that don't? Maybe they're getting started. They can't afford to have that graphic designer on staff all the time. What are some of the, uh, what, what are some of the tools that they can use and how can they really make sure that their brand is consistent? Cause I've seen so many people get off course without even realizing it. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is it's usually helpful to at least have your colors and logo done, which is, um, usually fairly inexpensive when mm-hmm. you're trying at least get that. Once you have your logo and your colors, like I mentioned, I think it's just a matter of 
you know, figuring out a consistent elements that you're going to use throughout the graphics. So, you know, if I'm going to go into Canva, maybe there's like a specific um, layout because they have tons of layouts in there. And I just pick one or two mm-hmm. and, you know, keeping it consistent, you know, maybe switching out the pictures. And, you know, if I have three colors, maybe switching out some of the colors, but it's still in my color scheme. It still has my brand pictures and the layout feels good. And it's one or two layouts that are being changed, not five or 10 different layouts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Canva's actually got some really cool tools in there where you can go in and have a look at color palettes uh, mm-hmm. and get the the hex codes, which are the codes that you put in to choose your colors, which I think is really great for people that don't understand colors. Because, you know, I remember, I remember once, this was years ago, I had a client that had, that came to me and her avatar was parents, but the color that she'd used in her logo was like fluorescent green and mm. orange and it was so jarring and I was trying to explain you can still have the green but it's got to be a different green so going into the uh into the color palettes in Canva is a really great way to have a look and start to see the way that colors come together and I think there's a there's a tool somewhere maybe it might be even an Adobe tool where you can put a hex code in and it will give you the other colors that match it so that, you know, you don't have to try and choose that on your own. Yeah. Yeah. There, it, you're right. It is Adobe. I can't remember the Adobe Cooler, type. maybe? I think yes. it used to be yes. Adobe Cooler. Actually, yeah. I'll link that up in the show notes because it's fun to play on. Yes, it is. And, you know, I even use that throughout college as well. Um, it's just super helpful to you know say you're set on one color but it helps you to like identify some other colors that really flow together with it Mm -hmm. and yeah it's a great tool for sure yeah yeah and and likewise canva also has uh font pairings already put together so you know there's a lot of tools on there that that people can use to start to understand um how to do that how important is it for us to keep our fonts the same? Oh, this one kind of drives me crazy a little bit. I could bit. tell by the <laughs> look. So everyone that's listening totally missed the look on Brittany's face when I said that. Oh, man. She's about to drop something big, I feel. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's the fonts, it's the colors, and it's like um, just on a visual aspect, you know, like even from a consumer, like if you like try and change a color – it's completely off brand, um, you know, off of what you've cha- you know chosen for your brand, and then you choose like a different font. Like, say for an example, I have a because people probably know the basic font. So, say I have an, a Helvetica font, mm-hmm. and I go and do a new post with a super swirly cursive font. It just like throws people off, mm-hmm. um, and it throws the feeling off too, you know? So if you're, I mean, don't get me wrong. If you're trying to make a statement, that's definitely a way to make a statement. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, if you're also trying to build a community and you throw people off, that's one way to also get people to be pushed away. Mm. And you you might even get people that drop off too. You know, if, if you're not being consistent, both visually and in your message, 
people get so confused and they're not even going to want to deal with it and they're going to leave. It it has to be clear. It has to be consistent and it has to be concise. You know, think about these big name brands. Like they're, don't get me wrong, there's some rebrands and like they change a little bit of things, but it's Mm -hmm. never to from a Helvetica to a cursive font. It's Mm -hmm. like a Helvetica to another sans serif font or, you know, things like that they tweak. Mm -hmm. But it's about consistency that will build that trust for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm, totally. So we, we've talked a lot about branding and strategy, the brand story, bringing together the visual aspects. What do you want to leave our listeners with that really helps them to to remember how important their brand is and to keep it together? What's that one thing that you want them to walk away, you know, from this episode with? I think it's just, you know, I'm just going to say from the personal even aspect of like, um, don't get me wrong. Like I get if you're building your business and you don't know what you're doing, but when you start to learn about branding and you eventually know what you're doing, the more consistent you are, the more you're going to build trust, the more you're going to build your clientele, the more you're going to attract all these people and, and being authentic while doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, again, going back to not comparing yourself to another brand that you may like, because you're different. Mm-hmm. And as long as you take a stand for yourself and you're consistent and you build that solid brand and foundation for yourself, you're going to have a successful business. Mm, totally. Now, you have got an online summit coming up, which is really awesome, the Mums Making Millions Summit. Can you share a little bit about what it is, who would, you know, who this would be good for. Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, it's called Moms Making Millions. And um, essentially, it's for moms who maybe are starting out their business or have been in business um, sometime that are just kind of struggling to take it to the next level. And, you know, again, as we kind of talked about, you know, branding has so many different aspects to it. There's some mindset within yourself. There's also strategy and then there's marketing. So there's just so much different experts coming in that are talking about all these different aspects of branding and and taking your business to the next level. And um, yeah, it's coming up. Um, It's officially launched on June 11th. So you can sign up now. Um, And yeah, it's going to be really good. There's some deep, raw stories that the experts have brought and it's more than just business in these stories. And um, I think everybody's going to have their life changed. Love it. And where can people go to register for the Mums Making Millions Summit? Um, hopefully it's okay. We can put it in the show notes um, and it will. Uh, there will be a link there for you. Um, but it's also, it's called moms-making-millions.haysummit.com. Perfect. And we'll have it in the show notes. Absolutely. Too. Like Brittany said, it will definitely be in the show notes so you can just scroll down wherever you're listening and click the link and go right to the page where you can sign up. It looks fantastic and I'm super excited to hear some of the speakers and uh, and see the expertise that's on display. Brittany, thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing your expertise around branding. It was really awesome to talk with you. 
Yeah, I'm so glad that, you know, you invited me and I'm going to put a plug in that you were an expert on the summit as well. So make sure you even just join just to listen to her. And and it was just so good. And um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. That was so sweet. Thanks, Brittany. Thank you. Ciao, ciao.